Hey, you guys. I am so glad to have our special guest with us, Mr. Michael Lambie. After graduating from the Ontario College of Arts and Design, Michael Lambie spent over 15 years as a creative director developing award-winning TV commercials, print ads, graphic layouts, and illustrations. It was his flair for real estate investing and his love for photography and painting that opened his eyes to the world of interior design. While designing income properties and flipping houses, Michael discovered that his passion for creating beautiful vignettes and rooms of all shapes and sizes was just as rewarding as selling the final property. He has a vast and diverse knowledge of design and has given him a unique insight to the world of composition, spatial design, and a delicate balance of light and color. And I think he's a very innovative person, and I am so glad to have you here, Michael, as our special guest on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm just very blessed. I always tell people when I meet a new person or I can kind of share this space on this show with someone new, it's just, it's almost like it's a birth almost to me, like getting to know someone and, and being able to to build genuine relationships. And I have been a fan of your work and I'm just so glad that you're here. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a beautiful way to put it. It's true. You are birthing a new relationship and life's cha life changes with the birth of a new relationship, right? So who knows what 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 uh, each new meaning brings. So that's, uh, I like that. I like the way you put that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I always think of like interior designers, when we think of the profession of being an interior designer, that you have to also have an innate sense of artistic creativity. And I know for a lot of creative minds out there and for our listeners, that you have to be able to have both the visual visual aspect as well as the financial aspect um, for some, you know, spaces that you're actually a comp the compositions. But I think that when we think of long term, I always look at it as, you know, it's a privilege when you're able to go in someone's home and you're able to be able to create something that maybe they didn't see that conceptualization that you were able to see and you make something elegant or something that's distinctive. It just shows a lot about who you are and what you see or maybe what you can help to improve upon and maybe that person didn't know they needed help with. So I think it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's such a privilege because you are your most vulnerable when you're in your home, right? And for someone to invite you to that space, not only share it with you, but give you the opportunity to influence it, it's, it's a huge uh, honor and an undertaking and that's not lost on me I mean it's like cooking for somebody right you, they become vulnerable and they trust you to kind of create this nutrient for them. but well we're doing their space and this is something that lasts a lot longer than the meal it's going to last you know five seven ten years forever long they home that home so yeah it's 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 quite the bigger deal than I realized when I started <laughs> the effect that you have and the and the connection you're making with people I think you said it, you hit the nail on the head with that of just when you think of a meal, I always think of like, well, everyone knows I like to eat. So I definitely <laughs> love an appetizer, yeah. an entree, a dessert, like it doesn't matter. I love to eat, but it's very similar to your work. Like when people can kind of look at the plan, it's like having a blueprint and mm -hmm. I like to call it like a blueprint to happiness. Like, what do I want to see? How can I develop that in a room? Like what makes me feel like this is my home instead of just a place I live. And I think like that's where you bring your expertise, which really helps people. 
um, to be able to say, hey, this is something that Michael really helped show me. And maybe he saw something I didn't even know existed. And I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just it. See, I'm very fortunate. Usually I meet people when they're on the uptake, like they're upgrading their life. They're they're taking that next step. You don't recall an interior designer when things are going rough, right? So I'm usually meeting people when they're in a good place. Sometimes, unfortunately, I do meet people who maybe there was a, a fire in their house or a flood, and so now there's an insurance thing where they're recreating. But even in that, we get to kind of create something new and better. So it's 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 a an upgrade in their lifestyle and that's why my slogan is lifestyle design because we get to create it from almost nothing we have a starting foundation but now there's a time to dream when i start working with the client i say okay let's forget budget for a second let's understand that if there was no budget there was nothing what would be the ideal space how would you want to live and then that's obviously my job is to pull it back and see what of that i can actually take and apply to real life so that this becomes something that like you put, is a little bit more than they envisioned for themselves originally or even thought was possible. That's true. And I think that that goes back to them being open to the process too. Um, So I really want to go into some questions I thought that might be really good for listeners who may not know much about interior designing that maybe you might be able to give us some insight on your experience. Um, Can you tell us around what age did you develop like a passion for designing? And can you also tell us who inspired you to become a designer? Okay, so, you know, I, I use designer as just a, a title so people can kind of wrap their head around what I do, but I'm an artist and I've always been an artist and, and throughout my whole career, I've, I've explored um, mediums in different ways from music to painting to photography, et cetera, et cetera. So for me right now, I just express my craft on, in people's homes or in their offices in spaces. So I've always been passionate about creating something that I find visually pleasing is pleasing. And then the goal is to hopefully um, convince other people that's pleasing as well. <laughs> so it's not, if I'm the only one that likes it, then it's not necessarily usually a success. So I've always worked in that, whether it's been creating porches for people or creating ad campaigns or whatever the case may be. So right now it's creating space. But uh, like you said in the intro, uh, I didn't really think about it until maybe about 10 years ago about um, given my craft to people as a service until I was really transitioning from one career to another and, and thinking about um, making spaces for a living. I was going to do it for myself as an investment, but then um, it hit me. Well, someone mentioned to me, you love this part. You love creating so much, not so much the deals. You love creating. Why don't you offer that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a good idea. So I'm, a, I'm an artist right now who's offering my service is to make a space and whatever that takes whether it's buying furniture whether it's ripping out a wall whether it's creating a painting which i do for my clients as well i'll create original art if that's what the space needs right um i show up i show up and i create um in a way i just happen to have a background that makes me think in roi so i understand the spending of money and the the investment you're making in your home and does that make sense i understand working with the budget because of years of working in the advertising industry i understand efficiencies and being organized so i have a logical brain and a system that i work with on top of that i can sprinkle my creativity and i think that's what's adds to the um success of what i'm doing right now i agree and, and for you guys who may not know what roi stands for is the return on investment and I think that that is just something like you mentioned that you want to make sure that your clients are getting what they expect 
But speaking of artwork, I'll, maybe I'm incorrect, but if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw one of your paintings or portraits you did, was it on Sports Center? am I correct? Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> so one of my clients, he's, he's on Sports Center, uh, Donovan Bennett, and I did an original piece for him. I was creating, I was actually styling their home him and his wife, Kate, they bought a new home. So he was a client of mine and we created this original space in their basement um, because he does a lot of TV and especially over the COVID area, era, it was a lot up from the home, right? So a lot through Zoom. So we designed a space that worked for him on TV. But in creating this space in this basement, I wanted to work for his everyday life. So I took pieces of their personalities and they had this large wall where I sort of divided it up creatively and gave them elements of their past, what makes them tick, and one, the piece you're talking about is an original piece I did for him when he used to play football. He played football at university. He was kind of the, the, the football star back then. And I took the colors of his Jamaican roots and his Canadian um, ancestry and pulled it together. Well, his Canadian culture and used them in this picture. So it's kind of a combination of a homage of to his, his heritage, his where he is now and where he came from with the sports. But yeah, that, wow. that, that goes to the point of when I'm working with a client is what works here? What do the, some, a lot of times I do abstract paintings there. That wasn't what was needed. He needed the custom paste. So I, I created that. So that, that brings a whole nother dimension when I'm working with people, which I, I enjoy so much is actually creating something unique. That's one of a kind for them. So that's becoming more and more part of my, um, my, um, I guess what I offer, <laughs> what's what I'm becoming known for as well is what's this creative, unique touch I'm going to offer. I love that. And it was an amazing picture. I just remember watching that. And I thought it was you. I wanted to make sure I was correct. Yeah. Um, I thought you did an amazing job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So can you tell us one of your biggest milestones so far in your career and what has been one of your biggest challenges thus far? Uh, interesting. Um, milestone. So it really depends. So right now, the most recent one is I just finished filming a TV show um, where I am a judge on this new reality show, um, which is coming out early next year, February, well, February, early 2022. So depending on when you're listening to this, it's either out now or not. So it's on CBC, which is a Canadian um, channel. And it's on the streaming system. It's also going to be on in the UK on the Discovery channels. Um, but pretty much I'm a judge and this was an amazing experience. It was a full season we did. Um, we are judging myself and another judge. We're judging artists who make miniature homes. So they make miniature, they're miniaturists, they're called, right? So it's almost like doll, doll homes, but on a, another level type of idea. So every episode, there was a, um, a challenge that they had, a mini challenge and a major challenge. They did another room and then we voted. So the other judge is a very popular, successful miniaturist who was from the UK who came over. And this was filmed in Canada here. And then I had, so she had that perspective. And then I had the perspective of an interior designer. And we kind of critiqued and we analyzed these rooms and we voted someone off every episode until we finally had a winner, Best in Miniature. It's called B-I-N, Best in Miniature. So that was wow. huge for me. It was quite the honor to be selected um, to, to, um, to be on this show. Um, it's, I'm excited to, for where it may come, um, because I do do TV, a TV show regularly up here, a morning show called, um, City Line, where I'm a guest. And once a month, I'll come on there and I'm a design specialist and I'll give tips or show my clients work and so on and so forth. So this, um, 
TV thing becoming part of my career is really exciting. I would consider that a huge milestone. And it's really added to the growth of my company because it's given me exposure um, quite beyond my reach, right, in my immediate city. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great, great answer for that. And I didn't even know of that show. So that's something, you know, you guys, this is new for me to even hear about this. And I definitely would like to check it out and see. Um, is that something that will be available in the U.S. to be able? I know you said it's in yes, Canada. Yes, streaming, but it's, it's going to be streaming. streaming. So it'll be, yeah, so it'll be available. You know what? Actually, let me correct myself because I know they kind of they're able to limit where things stream. So I'm not sure. I'll have to update you when it gets released. Um, and nobody knew about it. It was actually top secret until just recently. Now the word's coming out. We're able to talk about it. So um, this is actually a really good time. You get you get the uh, the scoop. <laughs> this is the first interview that. <laughs> uh, that I'm doing. Let you really talk about that. So, but it's going to be actually. I heard through the rumor mill and um, that there's even talk of it coming out in. Um, south america so if you see me dub speaking spanish <laughs> it, it, it wasn't me but that will be another milestone how cool would that be to to, to see myself kind of this fluent spanish critiquing um interior design that'd be awesome <laughs> that is hilarious yeah, well yeah you know i did make an a in spanish in high school but if you asked me oh, yeah? to really do it now like i would be in serious <laughs> trouble it's true if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> yeah 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 no I, i've never i i would love that hey this would be the incentive if it if it does get released there and becomes big hey i will learn it and go out there for sure to to do some promotions or whatever <laughs> bring it on that's what i'm talking about well i'm i believe in believing and receiving and manifesting so i hope that it works out for you and i'm Thank i'm gonna you. be one of your number one supporters saying hey i i know that guy and he's amazing <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that thank you all right so this is going to be a hard question but i'm going to see if you can kind of this is going to be a real curveball for you but okay. if you could use one word to describe your artistic style so this can be just you as an artist in general um what word would you use and how mm. has your style evolved over the years well like if i could do the second part that would be a little easier because you're right okay. that's a hard one the second part is when I started painting and like I originally started drawing going way back with comic book characters. I wanted to be a comic book artist like all the way through junior high and high school. And that opened me up in when I was in high school to do a lot more art. And then I discovered painting um, outside of all the other art stuff that we were doing, like the sculpture and photography. I really took a knack to paint and I really got into wildlife artists and I art. So I really always was into realism, like when I try to paint a cheetah for example i was painting each first one at a time real real realism and i got into portrait paintings through wall murals and so on and so forth after i got out of college and illustration was always kind of around realism now i do a lot of abstract which is actually like i mentioned earlier so that's a huge evolution for me because now it's more about color and space and movement and dynamic being dynamic and not necessarily telling a story through a visual um so and that really Obviously, it's being influenced because I'm working in people's spaces, right? So as an artist, now I think more in movement and color and, and, and texture, whereas before it was literally how well I can make something look something like something we all understand and, and can visualize. Um, what that, the second part of the question really is, honestly, this is maybe a couple, but it, it's really uh, a versatile. In, in what I do, I say all the time that there's 
almost no one project that really represents me, not even the house I live in right now, because mm-hmm. I live with my girlfriend and we 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 um renovated this house together. And the first thing Karen did when we started this project when we bought this house four years ago was says to me is, okay, but I don't want any gray. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, have you looked at my work? <laughs> like, I'm pretty contemporary, my style. So there's a lot of grays in, in what I have been doing. And since then, it's evolved. I'm getting a little bit more sand. But that was a big challenge. So even my own house, I really had to consider the other person and create something new. Now, I love the way it turned out. The walls are white. <laughs> so I, love the, I love the way it turned out. But every client I, I, I work with, you know, I consider them first and I really listen. I listen and truly pick out what they want. And then I put my style and I kind of shape it in such a way. So I'm a real versatile artist when it comes to that way, because I'm so influenced by whoever I'm working with. That's awesome. You should have told her, what about 50 shades? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have might worked, eh? <laughs> right. It might have gotten you a few brownie points. But... <laughs> exactly. Well, since you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I have a real, this is a question I love to ask all of my guests. And this might be a, another tough one, but I think you can handle this one. Um, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you yes. tell your younger self? Ah, it's funny. I this is what I would tell them. This is what I would tell myself in whatever. Um <laughs> is uh it's funny because well, here's what I would say. I would say believe in yourself, you are going to do whatever you want to do. And the reason why I say that is funny is because I've always pursued whatever I want to do. So I think from the outside looking in, people see me as one of those person, people that um, who will take that leap. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I take risks, um, obviously leaving one career and moving to another and so on and so forth. Um, but the, we all have this imposter syndrome. We all have this voice inside of our head that doubts and so to say that I'm so confident that I'm positive and then when I, t- when I start on a task I'm moving out or I'm taking on a new adventure that I'm going to do it, that's not what I hear in my head. <laughs> I do make the commitment to do it, but I doubt, doubt, doubt and wonder and question. So to I can't help but think if I could have, if I could be have more confidence and faith in that I'm actually going to achieve things, um, that how much more aggressively I could have pursued things and, and where that would have take, taken me. But let me, actually, let me say this, that, that I'll put a period there and say, really, really what's big for me is, yes, scratch all that. This is what I would say. <laughs> this is what I would say. <laughs> Part two. I would, I would say, you don't have it figured out, but it doesn't matter. Go anyways. And that's, that would be, I would think what was the, the um uh the not the roadblock but that has been something the chain that slowed me down because I like to figure things out I like to plan and and have a have have um a clear vision and then go and then sometimes well in life that limits you because we have tunnel vision we only know what we can see right mm-hmm. and when we, when we focus only on what we can see we miss what we can't see we this, we we don't see the trees despite the forest or the forest despite the tree yeah the forest despite the trees right. So that's something I would definitely tell myself is forget about figuring it out and just go and be open to what life is going to give to you. 
I love that answer. And I my answer has shifted when I've asked this question to different people because I'm in a different headspace each time I do an interview. But right. I will say one thing I will definitely say that I would say today is to focus on my own road and not to look left or right and worry about the detours of the dead end. Because if mm-hmm. I'm actually focused and I'm looking forward and I'm moving slowly and in my office, anyone who knows, um, I'm a counselor by profession. And so I have nothing but turtles in my office. And everyone's like, why does he have all these turtles in here? Turtles. Interesting. And so turtles represent to me to slow down. And so that has always been a central thing for me. And then when you think of the life of a turtle and just being in your own shell, and sometimes we allow ourselves to get stuck and we don't want to be seen. And then we are, we kind of peep out to see if everything's okay. But I've gotten to a point where I'm going to get to where I need to be. And it's not mm-hmm. for me to focus yeah. or be fixated on the journey of getting there. It's about embracing myself and the creativity and meeting new people like reaching out to you and talking to people who are special in our own unique ways and so i love black canvas and when i created this this is actually from a book i wrote called black canvas and i use a different premise for that book versus this podcast because in the book i really talk about a person who's of mixed race who struggles with their identity knowing which side they feel more you know, uh, attuned to, and then mm-hmm. also being aware of having a career and do I follow my career or do I follow a job? And so I wanted it to have that, that same thing with this Black Canvas show is I first started off just doing things by myself and just talking about mental health and resiliency and wellness. And then I started interviewing and then I've just seen such a great response because people realize, hey, we're all going through challenges right now. And it has nothing to do with just COVID. It's just life in general, waking up in the morning and getting up and smiling and being genuinely happy can be a a challenge for many people who are so used to um, negativity or not used to being able to listen to someone who can intonate or share their experiences on a different level. And so I love that two guys, both of us, people of color can be on this platform sharing about our own experiences and still being able to be in different parts of the world, but still can have a genuine love for our craft and for what we do. And so that just shows that, you know, no matter where we are, we can still build relationships, but we have to also be willing to kind of emotionally get to that place where the blank canvas can then become whatever color we want it to be. And so yeah, I, I love talking yeah. with people like you because it just shows me that I have a lot of room still left to grow myself. Um, but mm-hmm. when I hear all the things you've done and how you're continuing to expand upon your career and to impact and put imprints in people's lives, you know, that just shows me of, hey, the sky's the limit. I can either decide to say this is all I can do or I can actually go a step further and stay on my own road and can get where I need to be. No, very, you know, very, very well said. And like the saying says, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards, right? Because the, the world doesn't stop and wait for you. So plateauing is a scary thing for me. And I've experienced that in, in my past where I've, I've, I've set goals and, and I've achieved them. And I said, like when I did my music, I said, I want, my dream was to one day have someone who I don't know, see them singing the song I wrote or to turn on the radio and hearing the song I wrote there without me knowing. And when I achieved that, I had that success. 
it's like, okay, now on to the next. And, and so what I realized is in different parts of my life, like I've shot a short film and I got in a film festival and the same thing, I wanted to have a see, I wanted to be in a theater where people are watching a, sh- a movie that I shot and see their reaction. And when I did that, it's like, okay, now on to the next. But at the same time, through my life, I realized there's two ways to look at that. One is I can achieve any goal I set myself out to be, have, but two, perhaps I should dream bigger <laughs> because if I'm going to achieve these things, I'm plateauing and then what? Like, what's the point? Where's it going? Am I just doing these things randomly? Now, through all these experiences, I've, I, it brought me to here where I am. I'm not um, regretting that. But it, at the same time, it's like, let me look beyond what I can see, because it's not just about that one thing. It's not just about that, okay, I want to do a, a, a beautiful home or have a big budget. And Because then what? You're, you're, you're plateauing and you're limiting yourself. So to your point about this road and this really being in the experience, really being present to this journey and not so focused on where that road leads because if you can't see over the hill, it doesn't matter. You're still traveling, you're still working, you're still putting your your efforts in because whatever is on the other side of that hill, it's not what you experience now and that's there for you, right? So it's it's there for you to go get, but you need to go get it. That's right. And that's where the diligence comes in and resiliency and, and being steadfast you know, and unmovable in your goals. And, and so I think that that's great that you share that and you have a lot of wisdom. And I think that's because of your experiences and falling down and and getting back up and, and trying it a different route and saying, Hey, this is what works for Michael. This may not work for everyone else. And everyone doesn't have to understand what it took for me to get here. But as long as I'm okay with what I've done to get to this place, then that's Mm -hmm. okay. And then having a strong support team around you, is definitely important because there are a lot of people who are going to be naysayers or who are just in it to get to know you so that they are clout chasers another term people use um and i always look at it as you know if someone feels that that's what they need to do to make it then that's their definition of success but for me i want to be able to build my own road and see things on the horizon that are placed for myself and that no one can take it from me if i'm willing to go Mm -hmm. the extra mile it's it's actually something I've earned and I can be grateful and gracious um, when I do reach those milestones. For sure, for sure. We're, we're sure curious, where are you right now? Oh, well, I actually am in um, Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, um, yeah, I have family out in New Orleans. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah my brother's there, there now. Life. Okay, lived there. The love New Orleans, great. Everyone knows. A good beignet, you can't find it anywhere but there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my, my brother's in Baton Rouge. Oh, awesome. Yeah, my, my brother lived in Baton Rouge for a little bit, and then he moved to Houston. But, yeah, I love Louisiana. I just always tell people, like, you have to love, be proud of where you come from, and also remember that you can represent yourself even no matter where you, you go, and you take yourself with you everywhere you go, but you can still be able to represent in a different way. and so. I'm just glad that, you know, I grew up in, in such an eclectic city um, mm-hmm. where on one yep. street corner you can see this and you can experience that. And there's some things maybe you shouldn't have experienced and saw. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it was an experience for me. And, and as an adult now, looking back, I'm like, wow, all those years that I was there and just just what it has done for me as a human being, it just is given me a lot of strength that I didn't know I, I needed and going through two hurricanes 
like Katrina and Rita and yes, surviving yes, yes. that. I tell people, they say, oh, I'm a victim. I'm like, nope, I'm not. I'm a survivor. Um, yeah, I yeah. I don't look at myself as a victim. I, I've been victimized, but I always look at, you know, I can choose to stay in that mindset or I can choose to say, mm-hmm. you know what, that was something that, that made me stronger. It helped me to reshape my life and it's helped me to develop empathy for myself and others that maybe that was something I wouldn't have had to the extent I had if I didn't go through that challenge. Um, mm-hmm. That's helped. 100% like nothing nothing that happened to you yesterday is happening to you today mm-hmm. right so that that goes to what you're saying so the only way your experience yesterday is really playing out to you today is when you start to play it out and then that becomes a thing that you can control as opposed to when it happened right so like you're saying the difference between victimized and continue to be the victim is when you're being victimized it's happened to you, you probably didn't have any control over that but a day, a year, 10 years later, if you're continuing to be victimized, well, that's you now, right? That's a, now how you get out of that is, is, is the complicated part, but you know that there's a route out of it because it stops when your brain allows it to, t- to stop. That's true. Now, and, and that's, and that is true. And trauma, um, for anyone who's experienced trauma, who listens, you know, they are people who specialize in it and it's important yes. to reach out for help. And for myself, I'm a trauma and grief specialist myself. Um, and I know it does, it wasn't because I've gone through it myself that I understand it like someone else, cause no one's trauma is the same, but it's how, what are some of the things that I've used to get tools. to a difference, yeah. those tools to get to yeah. that place where I can sit in the pain, but not be consumed by it. And I can exactly. share with someone, something that I've gone through and not be ashamed of something I had no control of. And so I think like that goes back into the artistry, like you said, when there's no shame in, in doing a painting or maybe uh, you have a customer who's not pleased with the artwork or not pleased with the space and says, yep. hey, I need Michael you to do this over. I just don't feel like this is what I was expecting. And you can sit down and say, OK, let's start over. And it's not a blow to your ego or to who you are as a person. It's just saying, hey, that was not where they are. And difficult. I love that. That's that's difficult. I mean, you, 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 especially because I talked about being vulnerable and, and, and clients letting me into their space. And as an artist, when I'm giving of myself and I'm creating something that's coming outside of me and I'm hoping to get that effect and it doesn't, that's me being vulnerable too, right? And yeah, it, it, it can be, it can hurt and it, 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 there's, it takes a while to realize, like you said, that this is not about me. It doesn't mean I'm inadequate or I can't. This right now is not working. How do I make it work? What do I take this from? It's that point of view we're talking about, right? But yeah, that I, I struggle with that all the time because it's that affirmation that that really drives me. I know that that's one of my love languages is affirmation. And when that's not coming, that's some a lot of times it's more important than the check, right? It's that affirmation. So when I don't get that, then I start questioning, questioning, and that, that's that conversation I have to have to myself remind myself, okay, well this is one. This is one particular thing. It's this. Can I change it? What can I do different? Because I've got here, so clearly I can do what I'm doing. It just didn't work this time, and it doesn't have to work every time. It won't work every time. That's right. But I love that, and I love Gary Chapman and and the five love languages. And he actually has the five languages of apology, if you haven't heard of that. No, I haven't. Look that up. It's going to be really helpful 
in your relationship too, especially when you plan on painting it gray again. And <laughs> <laughs> before she walks in, I say, "Sit down for a second. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> let's let's go over these languages before I paint it gray, <laughs> or before she paints you up when you put it on the wall." But yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm definitely gonna look that up. I've never heard of it. Thank you. For yeah, it's that. really cool. And um, yeah, I always try to look. And there's also something called um a triangular theory of love. If you have an opportunity to look that up, I think it's R.J. Sternberg, if I'm not mistaken. But R.J. Sternberg's triangular theory of love. And for our listeners, if you haven't heard of this, this is something that I would like for you guys to look it up as well. And then the five languages of apology. And so on the triangular theory of love, it talks about the love that we're looking for as a consummate love. Mm-hmm. And that there's components to it where we need intimacy, passion, commitment. And those are all components of what we look for, what we call that complete love. Um, and a lot of times we think of consummating a marriage, many people go to the sexual nature. But mm-hmm. when you really think of consummating, it's really getting to, to know that person on a different level. And so mm-hmm. I always tell people there's a lot of empty love situations, a fatuous love. Or, um, I mean, there's a lot of them we can talk about that are out there, but if you really want to find that consummate love, you have to, first of all, take care of you. And that goes back to self-preservation and then also being aware of where your energy is, lies instead of just your time. And so that plays a huge role, um, in building genuine intimate relationships. Cause like right now, this is an intimate setting, um, because mm-hmm. we're sharing of ourselves, but a lot exactly. of times it's hard for people to get to that emotional state when they're not aware that they're there. And so it's kind of being able to track your emotions, but also being aware of what energy you're giving off. So that way it becomes an actual genuine connection instead of something that is, you know, you know, fake or lip service or things that we use as a means to just get by. Um, yeah, yeah. This 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 um rehearsed routine or understood roles that we think we need to play to check mark right <laughs> i'm yeah. in this relationship and i'm doing this 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 therefore it's done absolutely and we, and we don't really ever get to experience it fully yeah that's i i i, I was in a serious relationship had my children divorced i am in a new relationship which is something totally different i'm really good friends with uh, the mother of my children but that relationship is different and this one i have i'm a new person and i'm in it so differently because of what you were talking about here is because I know who I'm showing up as and how, and also my expectations of what this relationship is, isn't just about, it should be this, 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 and this, and this. It's about really the connection. It's about really us connecting wholly um, when we're together and and also what that means for me separately. It's a total different experience. That's awesome. I'm just happy for you. I just, I'm first of all blessed to have this opportunity to share this space with you and I would love to have you back in the future. And now that I know that you actually were a musician and I would say once a musician, always one, maybe <laughs> if you're ever interested in performing one day, we can kind of get them outside his comfort zone. You guys. Uh, see, I put well, you them know, on the I, I, wrote, <laughs> no, see, I, I wrote more than I sing. No, actually, you know, so one of my dreams was to actually sing on the, um, so I did sing a little backup on one of the songs that we created, but I was, a manager and I wrote a lot of stuff so I didn't I wasn't the performer I was a mm-hmm. background singer and stuff so no I definitely wouldn't yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> I shouldn't say that I, I was I stopped myself from saying what I was about to say and I definitely would never do that 
I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> but that's not who I was. I don't want to paint the picture that I was out there uh, tearing up the mic and throwing those yeah, notes. At we, we didn't say you were Michael Jackson, but I was going to be. You wish you would have heard of me. You're Michael yeah, Lambie. Lambie, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's what I'm, I just want to kind of make sure, you guys, because yeah. the, the King of Pop has come back and, you know, yes, he has, yes. instead of the, the silver glove, he has a gray one. But, yeah, yeah, uh, a gray one with a paintbrush in it. <laughs> So we're so awesome. glad to have you here, Michael. And the last thing I want you to do before we end, if you can kind of let everybody know where they can find you um, online, like if you wouldn't mind giving everyone yes. your Instagram handle and information. For sure. So Instagram, I can be found under, well, all my social media, it's Michael Lambie Interiors, but Michael is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-L, Lambie, L-A-M-B-I-E, Interiors. So Michael Lambie Interiors on Instagram, Facebook, all the other places. Uh, my website is michaellambeinteriors.ca. And I have a lot of YouTube products or video products that I'm working out. I have some um, little mini videos that I'm doing. So there's a lot I have planned coming out when it comes to more being in front of the camera and doing um, that kind of thing for the 2022, not just the TV show. Um, so yeah, definitely look out for me, follow me, reach out to me. Um, and uh, I would love to hear from people on feedback, some of the affirmation <laughs> of what I'm up to and what I'm doing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I, I have also checked out your website. It's an amazing website, by the way. I mean, I don't Thank know you. who designed it. Or, or maybe you did part of that. I'm not sure, but it was amazing. Thank you. It, I, I did, but the new one's coming out. It's going to be out in, in uh, January, so it's bigger and better, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, uh, some product lines it. I'm putting out and stuff. So there'll be some e-commerce things available. I'm going to be launching my own um, some accessory lines and home line, things of that nature. So a lot coming up, a lot coming up. Well, I promise <laughs> you, I'm definitely going to be a customer because I believe in supporting people, especially other people of color and in their businesses. I will most definitely be there to support you as well and share your information the best I can to my listeners and to anyone else that I know and let them know who you are. I appreciate that. You know, and, and, and continue success with this. I love what you're I love what you're up to. I really enjoyed this conversation. I genuinely feel the energy of what you're bringing to the conversation. So it was really enjoyable for me. So um, best of luck with the continue. And you, you have a, a fan and a follower as well. Well, I appreciate it. And I would love to have you back. Just not singing. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so next year, maybe after the show and everything and it's been around yes. and people have seen it, maybe we can do a fun show where we can kind of just catch up. But I would love to have you back maybe in February, March, if you're open and we can schedule something again. And I think you are not only a great person, but you have a great sense of humor, a great heart. And we're just glad to have you here. And for our listeners, um, let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. But we really appreciate you, Michael, for being here. Thank you so much. All right. You have a great evening and we'll keep in touch. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.